0: What's going on, good people? It's now less than a week before the NBA draft, which means, well, free agency around the corner, and the fate of the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> probably hangs in what Neil O'Shea gets done uh, over the next two weeks. Hooray! Uh, this is probably the most pressing time uh, in the Damian Lillard era, I guess that's the way one way to put it. Um, I'll come flat out and say it, I'm not optimistic, so if you're if you're here looking for that, well, I mean, if you've listened before, you're not here looking for that. (laughs) Let's be honest. Um, But it is a Mailbag Monday uh, edition. So I have got a pile of questions to go through. Um, Shout out everybody who who got questions in this week. It is a ton. Um, And they aren't all how do you trade Dame? What would you trade Dame? It's kind of running the gamut which is is nice. Um I have I've got a Dame centered piece coming out probably later this week um that has nothing to do with trading him. So there you go. That's something to look forward to. Uh, so without further ado, let's kind of jump into this um I know I said that you know that uh it's not all Dame, but I'm going to hit the first one. From Eric at Eric BBDX. Assuming Dame says he wants out of Portland, either at the Olympics or at the trade deadline, and assuming the Vulcans do not want Olshe orchestrating any trades at that point, who do you see running the ship? I've said in the past, pretty bluntly and plainly, that I don't want Neil Olshe doing it, because I don't think he's gonna be here for the long haul, because I believe the team's gonna be sold in the next eighteen months to two years just kind of based on what I've heard um, and so I don't want him deciding the future I, I, I think he's failed pretty miserably with every large-scale transaction that has needed to take place um, the fact that they haven't <laughs> been able to get it done um, as far as who's out there uh, I would assume that if it did be you know if it was wholesale changes um, Dennis Linley, excuse me Dennis Lindsley, Lindsey, good lord, Dennis Lindsey, the former GM of the Utah Jazz, uh, who's just kind of sitting off at the side right now. Uh, They've made some changes there. I thought he did a fantastic job building up the Utah Jazz. It's another small market team understands what they need to do uh, as far as retaining assets, making moves. Except for he's actually, you know, made moves. Uh, Landed Mike Conley, brought in Bogdanovich. Um, You can say what you want about, you know, the. Gobert contract, but he's also a defensive player of the year. They drafted Donovan Mitchell. Like They've done really well. Um, More successful than the Blazers, I think. um, As far as uh, overall team building, and you can argue the semantics of, well, the Blazers made a Western Conference Finals and and all that kind of stuff, but I I still think the Jazz are a better built team. Um, That's somebody I would definitely pursue in that regard. Um, I I just think he's really good at his job. Uh, Let's see. Jeremy Kreklo at Strife. Uh, If Beal asked out of Washington, do you think they could do some form of three-way trade then for Philly? Uh, Beal in Philly, Ben in Portland, and Washington walks away with the Kings' ransom of picks from both teams. Uh, The intel that I've kind of had recently is that if Beal is going to get out of Washington, I think he ultimately ends up in Golden State. Uh, I'm recording this Sunday night, and I've heard some stuff about Simmons possibly being moved uh, staying in the Eastern Conference, so uh, I, I, and from what I have heard about what the package looks like, um, Portland can't match that. So, um, yeah, I think that one's kind of dead. <laughs> I think it's less about Portland landing the Beals and Simmons of the world, and um, what what could they get for CJ that lines up with the next generation's timeline? Yeah, bummer. Uh, also from Strife, I'm convinced Kawhi stays in Clip City, but if he did leave, what do you think a package for PG-13 could look like? Well, the Clips have no picks for, apparently, the next decade. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's being facetious, but... Uh, yeah, they, they need capital. All of their youth is gone. Um, if somehow that did happen, and that was like a break glass in case of emergency for Portland... I would expect the Clippers would want both Nasir and Ant, and probably Picks and CJ to make the salary work, which, I mean, you're taking a lot. Um, But if it made sense for Dame, if you're committed to, like, no doubt figuring this out, I I think the Blazers are trying to play this safe and not do that. They're going to split the fence and end up running it back, or (sighs) hook on as a third team in a part of a bigger deal, but... Um, I think that's kind of where we're at. Uh, classic Robin at Rip City Robin. Who can Olshay realistically trade CJ for and does that trade make the Blazers contenders? I think those are mutually exclusive. I don't think the Blazers can trade CJ for anybody that will make them contenders. I The time to trade CJ was literally 5 years ago. And this is this isn't my I told you so moment, but it's kind of an I told you so moment. It's Shocking, the two guards that are relatively the same size and overlap a ton and have the same deficiencies. um, They didn't work out. So now he's 30 years old. He's not dead. I mean, but the difference between a 25-year-old and a 30-year-old is drastically different. Um, And you look around the league right now, it's not hard to find scoring guards. That's not something that's like this sought-after commodity you can find somebody who can do close to an approximation of what CJ does for a fraction of the price. Um, The Blazers don't have any other assets because they screwed 2016 up so bad because they screwed 2017 in the draft up so bad. They haven't been able to really recoup anything along the way. I think Ant's a good pick. I think Nas is a good pick. But again, those are the back end of of the first round. Um, And I think those guys are still developing. So, you don't have like this pile of assets to go get what you need, which I, again, I think is what we're signaling the end of the Damien the era uh, in that regard. Uh, the final end of the, part of the question was it's more of a statement than anything else. I just don't see any options to keep Dame here after the upcoming season. Am I overreacting? No. Uh, I'm not going to tell anybody how to fan or what to enjoy or what to believe or this, that, or the other. Me personally, over the last probably not quite 72 hours, it's probably been a little bit more than that. I have I have fallen more on the idea of maybe they should consider trading Damian Lillard. Because the Kings ransom they would get from a team like New Orleans would be huge. You look at what Zion has done as far as putting pressure on the organization uh, already uh, in New Orleans. You could get Ingram probably four firsts and two or three first-round pick swaps. Maybe Kira Lewis in there, too. You reset your timeline um, accordingly, I think, in that regard. 23-year-old Ingram, which is pretty good. Typically, you want to try to do it for a guy who hasn't hit that contract year yet, so you can reset contracts. But I think if you're going to trade Dame, you're going to trade away Nurk. You're going to trade away Cub. You're going to trade away C- CJ. I think you have to restart entirely. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. but And again, I'm not, like, pushing, the like, slamming the button as far as, like, hit the rebuild. But I'm leaning towards it. I still always... In my mind, at least, I always want to say as long as you've got that top ten guy, you have to to make it happen. You have to try something. I just don't believe that Neil O'Shea can get it done, and I don't believe he has the assets to get it done because he's screwed up so much over the last five years. Uh, <laughs> Nason At The Nason, is it nice to be able to plan a mailbag podcast and not have to scrap it last minute because of some new bombshell Dame media drama? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, we did the live show on Thursday, and that was right before the quick piece about how they're running it back, and they also had a CJ McCollum for top four pick, which I still I, I don't believe. I don't believe it was ever straight up uh, as part of a larger process, perhaps. Um, but yeah, that just that didn't make any sense to me. But yeah, it's it's nice. Shout out the Olympics for being a momentary distraction in that regard. Oh wait, they're not that distracting because. The US lost to France. And they're questioning the coach. And you know what? Let's go and stay away from that drama. <laughs> Josh Dollar at Josh Dollar is getting Siakam. A viable option this offseason. Toronto's shopping him. That much I know. I do not believe they have the goods to get Siakam. Uh I I I would assume he's a part of a larger deal, whether they wrap him up with number four for a young player to kind of soft reset. Um, for whatever reason, something went down in Toronto. I don't I don't know exactly what it was, but it's just ever since they, they kind of had their little bit of a falling out and Siakam got benched, it's been a little bit weird, and I think it's kind of been the writing on the wall in that regard. But I, Masai's not going to lose a trade. I, I just... So, I, unfortunately, I don't see a way for Portland to be able to, to go out and, and, and land Siakam as much as I love him. Um, ba, 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 ba. Matthew, at Reverend Romulus, does another run of the conference finals change the way Dame feels, or do you think it's finals or nothing this year? If you're talking about being competitive in the conference finals, like Game 6, Game 7, coin toss, something went we went sideways, Maybe? But I think it's – no. I could I could talk myself into that if they're like legitimately competitive and it's not just like the perfect storm of circumstances. Like two teams in a row are just beat up, and you can asterisk the living hell out of it. Um, there's always some path for some team that gets easier. To, uh, but not all paths are created equal. If it's one of those ones like we saw when the Blazers went to the Western Conference Finals – And they played an OKC team where you had Russ Book just taking over the coaching reins and deciding he was going to try to man up Damian Lillard for five games and getting absolutely cooked. Um, And then you had a Denver team that just didn't know what they were doing quite yet, to be honest. Um, You had some unexpected circumstances, I think, a quadruple overtime and uh, winning a Game 7 on the road in Denver Think those were kind of unexpected things, and again, you know, tip your cap to Portland in that regard. Uh, But then they went up against Golden State, and they looked a lot like uh, Denver Portland this year when Denver beat Portland, and then they ran up against Phoenix and got absolutely housed. Like you just tell that the the levels were different, Uh, and I I know the Blazers had you know was it fourteen point leads in all those games. They should have gotten one, maybe two, but they still got housed. So, um, if they if they made a legitimate run, if they made a legitimate run, I, you could talk me into it because as much as I okay, so this is this is me trying not to be the pessimist. I genuinely believe that Damian Lillard wants to be here. Like I, I I think he does want to be that guy. I think Steph Curry wants to be that guy in Golden State, like a Dirk legacy. Like it's so rare to do it, in that. I think Dirk is elevated a little bit because of that. And I think Steph wants that, and I think Dame wants that. Steph has already got the title, so if he does, he probably gets a little bit of pass. Dame has said some things, obviously, that don't run from the grind stuff. Everything kind of goes along with that. And his loyalty branding, that it would take a little bit of shine off that. But I still believe he wants to be here. So if you gave him a legitimate no BS excuse like, yeah okay let's do this let's, let's do this and then you reload one more time and then you maybe could talk them into it but after that unless there's unless there's like consistent build I, I the only thing i can liken it to is like the raptors like all of a sudden boom a massive move is made and you're like yeah okay now we're on paper everyone in the league is looking at us like a, a legit title contender then, then, yeah, but none of the dark horse stuff. I, I, we're past that stage now. Uh, Joel, Mr. Yolis, what does CJ's best possible season look like? We're, po- we're potentially trying to trade him, so I'd say 40 per game, with dead rebounds and six blocks. Here's the thing. I, I think CJ could maybe put out a little bit more output as a number one option, but I think as a number one scoring option, that team's not as good. Uh, he has... Serious holes in his game as far as getting to the rim. Uh, creation aspects in the paint. Uh, finishing at the rim. Drawing free throws. Uh, those kind of things are w- really important when you're talking about a number one uh, offensive option. Uh, even if you upped his usage a little bit, I think the efficiency goes down. We've already seen that without Dame on the floor. His efficiency drops pretty pretty noticeably. Not significantly, but noticeably. Um so while the overall output might go out, the, the, the uh, efficiency I think would, would hit a little bit harder. Um, when you look at what every number one option, in the league can do, they can get to the line they can create, uh, consistently, they can score from every level. Like you can just kind of figure it out. Even the ones that can't, they're so good at other, like Giannis can't really shoot, but he's also Shaq in the paint. Like it's, there's a little bit of give-and-take. CJ's the only thing that he is just tremendously good at is mid-range jumpers, and those can come and go. Those are, as we saw in the playoffs, those, those can disappear pretty quickly. And he doesn't have a way to, to make up for that by getting to the rim or getting the free-throw line and that could carry him in those nights. Uh, that, and I think being the focus of a defense is the number one scoring option, uh, as opposed to playing alongside Dame, I think that knocks it down a little bit. But I, th- I could see him being 25-5-5. Five and five. I, I, I think that's a reasonable line. Uh, just with the efficiency down. Which, again, it's a good line. There's no doubt about it. But I just don't know much. Effectiveness and efficiency and utility are getting out, out of him otherwise. So, take that for what it is. Uh, let's see. Josh uh, Josh Bullock. Looking at likely scenarios, if the Blazers hit his force in a trading game, will they get more doing so now or next offseason? This is the magic question. If... You move him now, you know the known quantities. You know that New Orleans has a truckload to offer. But maybe next year, I don't know. OKC moves some picks around, somebody else becomes available. It could get a little bit weird, right? <laughs> um, Miami does something. The Knicks do something. Uh, no, Knicks. Uh, I don't know. Not the Knicks. I don't know. The known quantity is that the Pelicans have a pretty damn good package. The Celtics can put something together that's pretty good. The 76ers package is okay. Um, Like, you want to target OKC if you're talking about a rebuild, but they just don't... There's no reason. They have Shea, and they don't need a 31-year-old point guard. Um, So, I... I think it's easier to say now, but I kind of want to say next year because it's the mystery box, right? You could you can get a little bit more out of it and you're like, yeah, but, well, maybe." And you can talk yourself into it. Um but beyond that, I don't I don't know. This one's a little bit fun. Uh from Lost Oz 1, uh what's the over under for number of games next season before Olse sucks chance start? Definitely something I'm looking forward to. Uh, there's a follow-up. My money is 100% on it happening at the fan fest if they do it this year, if not warm-ups of the first preseason game. The difference between Blazers' Twitter, Blazers' social media, and, like, the general Blazers... Like, there are still people who think that running it back is a decent or good idea. Um, I think those people are insane. <laughs> but... Um, their season ticket sales are still and I, I don't know how much of that is a product of, of the actual basketball versus uh, you know, COVID and restart and some normalcy. Uh, I think this is a basketball starved town. Um and that it always is if you have a remotely decent product that people will go to. Uh hell, maybe the allure of Damian Lillard being in his last season is 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 a draw of its own. I don't know. But um I I still believe that an Old sucks jet is probably going to break out pretty quickly. Colby McLaughlin at Colby Mac 92 should the Blazers chase a Joe Ingles trade. I love Jingles. I think he's fantastic. They should not trade they should not chase that trade. I think a team like the Lakers or the Clippers or any other team that's a competitive team is talking about a title should definitely be looking at Joe Ingles as a playmaking defender, spot-up shooter, creator. Yeah. I mean I don't think the Blazers are a Joe Ingles away. Like if they got him for nothing, sure. Yeah. I'd love him, but giving up additional assets to get him. No. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. It, I don't, I'm not opposed to getting better like <laughs> that's but you also have to manage the timelines. And I think they've done a poor job of, of that across the board. Uh, I think I've done a poor job of, of, uh, letting assets appreciate and, and capitalizing when they should, um, uh, and Joe's on the wrong side of 30, as much as I like him. I, I think he's a fantastic player, and I think he, come playoff time, he's a really valuable guy um, because that that playmaking creation ability at that 3-4 position is one of the rarest and, and most valuable commodities in the league right now. Um, but, yeah, I'd love him, but I just don't think it's something the Blazers should chase. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this name. It's Kavisiridu. Kavissirdo, Kavissirdo, that's what we're gonna go with. Uh, at Kavissirdo, hey Danny, let's say we sign Norm Powell for say twenty to twenty-four million. Dame Ed is forty-three point seven. You had to replace the other street three starters. How would you do it with our assets? I'm a big like if I can make a wave a magic wand for something that's like semi-realistic. I would do something along the lines of the uh, Nurk to. L.A., Kuzma, KCP, or Kuzma, Talen Horton, Tucker to Indiana for Miles Turner, Miles Turner to Portland kind of deal, something along those lines. I I think Turner is a better fit. Um, They both have their injury issues. I think uh, Turner gives you more ability possibly as a shooter uh, more athleticism. He's a better defender than Nurk, especially as a shot blocker, but he's also giving up the rebounding ability and uh, lacks a little bit of, of, of bullying strength that Nurk has. But beyond that, I think that's a, a pretty solid move in that respect. I, I like Cove. Um, I am not opposed to packing up Cov and CJ together to trying to get the right three. Like, I think that's that's kind of the, the, the wave. Um, or, you know, you you, you figure if, if you can't get Simmons in the C.J. for Tobias Harris, um, reality is there. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how the value scale would tip in that regard as far as does Portland need to add anything, does Philly need to add anything. I think they're both overpaid for their productivity and their fits, but maybe that's in a bit of a wash. Um, then you go out, so you've got Dame, Dorm, got a blank spot at the three, um, and you've got Harrison, Turner, so maybe you're looking for a little bit more of a two-way guy, I, if you could do a sign and trade with Cove for, I don't don't know, DeRozan, you you kind of want DeRozan more as a four nowadays, a three-four, kind of sliding up, and you want Toby at the four, I don't know. McDermott seems like a guy you could slot in at the three. I don't know if he's a starter or on a really good or competitive team. That three spot is just such a weird spot. I don't know. That's there's so many. Like, sure, I would love Siak. I'm sure I'd love Simmons. Uh, you could you can talk me into a lot of different guys. Uh, Jalen Brown, you know. It's just I I don't know how many of those are guys that are actually viable realistically a, a paul george the guys in between you know that you really want to get and kind of line up with their timelines they're just too expensive and the blazers don't have the assets to get them uh from brian strang at broncos underscore squared has there been any recent news about carl anthony towns uh in regards to the blazers or just in general like in general i think he's okay uh i saw him tweet about i think it was a uh, uh, in memoriam to his mother, uh, who obviously passed away last year due to COVID. Um, and guy had, has had a rough, rough couple couple of months, that's for sure. Um, but as far as it pertains to the Blazers, the Blazers would have to give up everything for Cad. That's the other one. I knew I was forgetting another package. Listen, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and a couple picks for Damian Lillard. That's, that's the other one that's like the... Readily available package outside of New Orleans. I'm sorry to kind of derail and come back to that. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's that's kind of where that one falls. Um, this one from Jakob. At just a guy on a hill. Hey, Danny, are signing Norman and keeping CJ mutually exclusive? Is there any situation where you see both at the roster next season? I personally think not. I do not believe that both can be on this team. There's a couple reasons why if you run it back quote unquote with what with what we've heard right which i think is a a some version of dame cj norm Cove, nurkic ant nasir tpmle bae Vetmin signings and whatever else you figure out because of The contracts. So Dame's at 43. CJ's at 33. Let's just stick Norm at 23. So 43, 33, 23. Uh, Nurk at 12. Cove at 14. Um, Oh, and DJ. I'd say DJ and DJ at 10. Uh, I think Nas and Ant are like four and three, and Ellaby. And I think he's like two. When you get through everything, and you factor in the dollar for dollar increases for everything as far as the luxury tax is concerned. I did rough math on it; it was like 177 million dollars that, that team would cost, which is would rank as the most expensive team, and I think in league history, if I'm not mistaken. But that's after the luxury tax payment, so it's it's a little bit different than pure raw price. But still, that's a stupidly expensive team for a first round exit, maybe a second round. You don't pay that kind of money for that for that team. That's just why the Blazers have found a way to skirt the tax basically every year. They've kept the roster spot open. It hasn't been about competitiveness. It's about staying under the tax and making sure the bottom line still looks good. Like we keep hearing we, we have this full support of ownership and uh, they've backed us. And then you're like, well, why haven't you signed anybody that plus roster spot? Why are you still under the tax? You know, how did you find a way to finagle three hundred thousand dollars just enough to get under the tax? Like, it's like if that were the case, then everything else would look like it's supposed to. That's the money reason. Basketball reasons. I don't think Norbert Powell wants to play the three whole, the whole damn year. Why, why would a six four guy want to sit there and get beat up for eighty two games? And play second fiddle to Dame and CJ. Or, excuse me, third fiddle to Dame and CJ, as far as touches go. Like, I, I know bringing Chauncey in, everybody thinks it's going to just change the world. I don't. I think it might change some things. But I, I don't think Dame is going to fundamentally change how he plays. I don't think that CJ is going to fundamentally change how he plays. Like, does that pecking order change that much? Mm, I don't know. It's normal. Is this getting $23 million, is that enough to overcome that? I mean, for some people, probably. For Norm, could be. I don't know. It's a big, ooh, you know. Um, but I just, it's its very hard for me to picture that. It's not impossible, but I just, it's hard for me to picture that. And then that's another kind of guardish uh guy on the roster in that respect. If you're Anthony Simons, does, you know, I know there he's a restricted free agent after this next year, but does he want to stay around stuck behind two guards again? Like it's just there's a lot of different things that when you're slotting team building and looking forward, which you have to continually do as a GM or president of basketball operations. Um, so yeah, I just it's it's hard for me to see it. Not impossible, just hard. It's probably harder for me to see it on, the, on just the pure money side, let alone the the basketball side. But yeah, I. I do think they are mutually exclusive for the most part, but then again, I've seen guys go places and stay places for a truckload of money before, and if Norm decided to stay here because they backed up the Brinks truck for him, so be it. Go with God. Get the bag, always. Um, You get the bag, and you sort it out later. (laughs) So um, it's very hard for me to see them having both guys on this roster because if you you carry them into the trade deadline – everybody kind of knows that you, you've got to get rid of them to save on that massive tax bill. Um, so, uh, even more leverage is going to be taken away at that point in time. But yeah, I think that's kind of where it ultimately ends up landing. So, all right, well, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up right there. Thank you everybody. a uh, little bit of news here real quick. Uh, we will have the, uh, live show. It's going to be, uh, what draft day. So, um, Uh I will be going in for my uh pre consult for surgery the day before and then hopefully everything goes well. (laughs) I'm not under the knife right away. Um, but I do have a bunch of content almost done. I'm gonna finish that up over the next couple days that I've got pre scheduled to release. Uh I do have a uh a a big announcement coming. I, I, I I'm pretty certain I've got a co host. So uh I'm really excited. Uh, I I think you guys will will love it. Um, Thank you as always. Please like, rate, review, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, wherever, um, thank you. I appreciate you across the board. Uh, If you're on iTunes, please leave a review. Anything else, uh, just thanks for downloading. appreciate all of you thank you thank you so much uh i will catch you guys here in a couple of days right uh it's gonna be a busy 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 week so stay tuned if we get some uh, big time breaking news i'll probably pop on and do a live show for a little bit uh, we'll wrap from there until then guys take care talk soon bye